0: We have fond memories of a lot of the Portland area. Uh, Through the years, our families have been a part of the Northwest. I was raised in, well, born in Twin Falls, Idaho, raised in Walla Walla and Spokane, Washington, went to Bible school here in Portland, Oregon. So uh, started our family here in Portland. So this is a home to us in a lot of ways. Of course... Through the years, sometimes your home changes, and ours did when we went to Argentina, South America. It was just three of us, our oldest daughter, Kara, who goes to the Oregon City Church, uh, Kara Huffman. She is our oldest daughter, and um, she was six weeks old when we first went to Argentina. So just a little tiny thing, and my grandmother, who's not in the church, uh, she... She cried and cried. I said, "Grandma, what's the matter?" She says, "I know she's going to die when you, while you're down there." I said, "How do you know that?" She says, "She's just too small to be taken uh, over there." Well, kids are resilient, and uh, uh, she did just fine. Uh, godly woman today. Uh, we have three beautiful granddaughters uh, uh, through her and Mike Huffman, so we're blessed. And of course, uh, three other children came along. One was our son Ryan who was eight months old when we went back after the second time and he started a Hispanic church later on in Miami Florida Fort Lauderdale Florida and doing very well 10 years now 12 years he's had that church and they're doing very very well a Hispanic church all, all in Spanish and he just had to start his second service. They don't all fit in the sanctuary. So that's a good problem. Praise God. And then our, our two youngest daughters uh, were born in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and they are in the Spanish culture with Ryan down in uh, Florida. So we have three there and one here, and we're kind of in between, but the Lord has been good to us through the years. It is good to come back to this area, see the growth of God, this church here. I've never been that I know of with Brother Brock and this uh, church, but it is just great to to be here, see the work of God here, and some great uh, young couples and older alike serving the Lord. And I true trust that God will give you the desire of your heart. Uh, I, I believe that he, he has promised that in his word, as long as our desire coincides with his. And so I pray that... Uh, your desire tonight, today, is that the Lord would have His way in this community. And if there's ever a community in this area that needed the Lord, it's Beaverton. Amen. I, uh, I do. My my wife actually has a brother who lives here in the Beaverton area, and he's not uh, serving the Lord tonight. But who knows? Praise God! You know that the Lord, as long as there's life, there is hope. Yeah. And not only hope physically, but hope in the spirit that things will turn around. I do want my wife to come and uh, say what she feels. She's actually tied more to the Portland area than I am. Uh, she was raised um, Portland, Salem, North Bend. That's that's uh, her stomping grounds. And uh, I'm sure she has uh, got some memories, this area, that I have no idea what they are. You know, <laughs> she, she went with... Uh, me to the mission field but it wasn't a hard thing for her because she had already been there before I was she was in the country of Uruguay with her parents as missionaries and uh, that's right across the river from Argentina so it was not a hard thing for her at all I thank God that I have a godly wife that's been with me well we just celebrated 45 years of marriage so uh, a lot of a lot of things we've uh, been together for and then a lot of things that I was traveling and she had to deal with. So I do thank God for her and for the life that we've been able and continuing to do so we do uh, ask for your prayers as missionaries we continue we're going to continue on several years more the Lord willing and um, we do need your prayers and your finance if any of you would like to say as brother Brock like to help support us I have a paper form that I'll leave brother Brock and he can share that with you and uh, you can share with him what you'd like to do and through this church be a part of our ministry in South America and when I say our I really have to qualify that because really it's not just me and my wife Uh, we have been a part of many churches just like this one that have helped us uh, given prayed some of them actually came down and uh, ministered there of course we left Argentina in 2003 to become regional director of all of South America Didn't know if we'd be able to love the other countries like we love Argentina. And I have to tell you, the Lord has expanded our heart because there are some wonderful, wonderful people in the other countries of South America. Have my wife come and say something this this evening. Well, this afternoon.
1: Praise the Lord, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord this afternoon feel like I'm in South America with no air we know what this is like you know what it doesn't stop the people of God from worshiping him they can sweat so much that you can see through those white shirts and they are just sopping wet but they will continue to worship the Lord and I'm glad that we've been able to be with the people that love him Love him because, you know, there is no other hope in this world. He is our only hope. I was thinking of the chorus, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. He is our true hope. And we have seen lives change through the years, and we continue to see them change. I was thinking of a man who has gone to to be with the Lord already, but he came into the church, an alcoholic, lived in, um, what do you call those big canyons? He lived in a big pipe underneath a bridge. But when he came to the Lord, he was illiterate. He could not read. He couldn't even speak good. We could not understand him much of the time. But when he received the power of the Holy Ghost into the, his life, he became he became a man that could a man of God that could pray for people and they were healed. It was not unusual. It was not unusual to go to the church that he pastored and he would ask for people if they needed prayer after church and the line would begin from the pulpit clear to the back of the church for people to pray for for him to pray for them. Cacho is no longer with us. God did give him the ability to, to read the word of God. Beyond that, I don't know if he knew how to read. You know, you can't discount small things in life because you never know what God can do with you. Speaking about that, I just remembered we were with, just with a pastor who is Venezuelan and went to Brazil. Brazil. I don't know why he went to Brazil, but he felt the call of the Lord to go there. And uh, one of our ministers, our leaders in Brazil, told him, he said, he didn't speak a word of Portuguese in Brazil, they speak Portuguese. And so Brother Edino told him, when you open the word of God, you will be able to speak Portuguese. He said... When I opened the Bible, I understood every word that was there and began to speak Portuguese and preach in Portuguese without ever learning it or going to school to learn it. That's a miracle. We can barely speak English, let alone some other language. But God can do with us what he sees fit to do so that we can be used by him. And I'm so glad that he saw fit to call us to South America. I've often said that the only reason that I have friends and ministerial friends in South America, families that we have known for years, we raised our kids together, the, I would have never gone to South America. A lot of corporate peoples may travel abroad, but if you're in the church, you don't, unless you got a big salary you don't generally travel any place but it was the cross it was the cross that made us it possible to know so many people in South America and they are wonderful I was thinking today a couple days ago I wanted to know the population of I don't remember why but I was seeking a more recent update of the population of south america and so when i went on to famous google um i found there were several of course websites that came up and i clicked on the first one and we have done a lot for the lord but we have not done what needs to be done 75 percent of the population of Argentina and probably most of South America is under the age of 25. These little kids left here today to go to Sunday school. We cannot discount the importance of children because they will one day be adults, and there is so much evil in this world that they can get involved in in this day and age, more so than when my kids were little. But in South America, it is increasingly... Here, actually, in the United States, we have a minus, minus population. We're losing more than we're gaining because people are not having kids. But around the world is not that way. They are having kids. And we have to reach them because 75% of them are under 30 years old. And I have to say that our ministries in South America, excuse me, (coughs) are powerful, not too long ago, we had a crusade in Brazil for children. 400 kids received the Holy Ghost. It is not unusual. It is not unusual at all for that to happen. And uh, I, our son just preached a preacher's, uh, preacher's kids meeting in Ecuador, and 30 received the Holy Ghost. It is a continuing process. But as I looked at this website, it was a live feed. And I didn't realize it at first. And then I saw the numbers start going up. So many millions, so many hundred thousands, 200, I think, believe, in the hundreds, it started at 233, if I remember right. And then I looked back at it, and it was 234. It was 235. 236. 237 in the few it wasn't even minutes that i was looking at this live feed feed of a population clock it went from 235 233 to 240 that's how fast kids are being born in south america it made my heart think how on earth can we do it god There is no way that personally we can reach all those that are being born into this world to give them hope. Because the world gives us no hope. We live in an area here in Portland, Oregon. I don't know if they're agnostic, but they don't care too much about God. But someday, and I pray for you, that someday... They will come to the realization that God is our only hope. It's not a job. It's not a tree. It's not a whale. But God is our hope. And he's the only thing we have that is forever eternal. And I love him today, and yes, I do have connections in Oregon. Was raised here till I was 16 and went to the field with my parents. But um, God saw way back when I was a little child, and even when I was born, he knew, he knows the end from the beginning. So he knew where I would be, and I ended up in Argentina, with a man who really had no call to missions. But God can piece it all together, and he works it out just great. Brother Brock... Is a little bit younger than our son and about the same age as our daughter. So I think at some point when he was younger, they did socialize a little bit. Those years before everybody was married, had more freedom. But it is so great to be in Oregon today. And I pray for this church. This is a great beginning. But you know, beginnings, we never know where it's going to take us. And when we went to Argentina, there were about 500 people in the church baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And we just came back from celebrating the 50th anniversary of our church, the United Pentecostal Church in Argentina. And there are around 35,000 throughout the country. But in the arena, Brother Brock, gathered 14,000 believers who came to celebrate the Jubilee of of the United Pentecostal Church in Argentina. So it's growing faster than we can keep up with it. And we're thankful for that. May God bless you.
0: Praise God. We represent 10 countries to you, and I'm not going to go over every one of them, but... They are in South America. Now some people... Has anybody here been to South America? Visited South America? Anywhere in South America? From Colombia or Venezuela south? Okay. Uh, Has anyone visited Central America? No one visited Central... Has anyone visited North America? (laughs) I know you have because that's where we live. As a matter of fact, Mexico claims to be North America rather than Central America. And uh, they count themselves, which, you know, it's funny. Our kids went to school and grew up in in that culture, in the South American culture. So they were taught in Spanish. Uh, they did... Um, at an early stage, they were able to go to an English-speaking school that also taught in Spanish. So they got the best of both worlds, all of them fully fluent, and it's made them able to get the jobs they have today in Florida. But um, at the same time, uh, growing up in that uh, language, it I forgot where I was going. Oh, yes, that's what I was going to say. So they, every morning, every morning at school, they sang the Argentine national hymn. Just like uh, here in the States, the Star Spangled Banner. I don't know if kids sing that every day, but in, Ar- in Argentina, you sing the, the national hymn. They're very nationalistic, all of the countries, South America. So they learned everything that uh, that was taught in Spanish. So you don't realize sometimes the differences there are in culture. One, time, one day I was uh, just talking with the kids, and I said, Yeah, the seven continents, they said... Dad, there's not seven continents. There's only five. I said, well, of course there's seven. I said, that's, that's what we're taught in school. They said, not us. We're taught in school. There's five. And uh, I was ready to argue with them. boy. I, you know, this is not right. They're not teaching you right and everything. After they explained it all to me, I kind of thought they're probably right. You know? So uh, a lot of things that uh, you think you know, they change depending on the culture you go to. Uh, the, for instance, here in the States, if we say tacos, almost everyone that even knows what a taco is in the States assumes that you're talking about food. But in South America, when we talked about tacos, they looked at us so strange, and we finally come to a, a meeting of the minds, found out that a taco in Argentina is the heel of your shoe. So you... You walk on tacos. You don't eat tacos, you know. Uh, Burritos. That's exactly what it is in Argentina. It's a burrito, which is a little donkey. So we don't eat burritos either. We we don't eat the beans and rice we don't eat they don't even call it frijoles it's called so everything changes from uh, one area of Spanish to another you say why don't they just all get together and make a United States of South America well that's not going to happen folks (laughs) I tell you that's not going to happen they are so nationalistic South America, of course, Brazil's the big soccer power, but in Central America, two nations actually went to war over the outcome of a soccer game. So uh, they're not going to get together politically in any way. Uh, we do thank God that the gospel is the great unifier. The Bible says we are all baptized by one Spirit. Into one body, Hallelujah. And then it says, "Hay un señor, una fe, un bautismo, un Dios y Padre sobre todo, por todo y en todo, Hallelujah." Which is just the same as I was saying: it's one Lord, one baptism, one faith. And I praise God tonight, today, that we can recognize the power of the gospel to unify different cultures, different mindsets, different uh, food desires. Uh, most of them. They don't want to try our food. They found the best food there is to eat and that's what they're going to eat. They don't care if there's new food out there or not. So uh, if you're a foodie, uh, you know, some people like to go to different countries and eat their food. You're, You're most likely a North American because North Americans just like to try new foods. Somebody said one time that an American can eat anything if it's between two pieces of bread. So that may be, that may be true. <laughs> However, uh, it is funny how from country to country things change. I'll say one more thing about food. In, South, in Argentina, the food is Italian. Uh, 65% of our country is Italian descent so uh, if you read our phone book in Buenos Aires it looks just like Rome Italy's phone book you know the Risuttis and Dominici's and Ferminici and all of those that's the that's the last names in our phone book and um, consequently Pizza Hut didn't even last 6 months you know they they just you know they they came down there trying to, I mean we have pizza places on every corner every street corner we got more pizza places than Rome does so uh it's just uh, a different kind of eating of course they also have another thing 36 million people 55 million head of cattle so you know what we eat? we eat beef i mean good beef i have eaten steaks that don't I, did everybody eat already um i've eaten steaks that thick that I only needed a fork to cut down through them. They were absolutely beautiful, beautiful, wonderful. That's, that's uh, what we eat there. Now they don't use a lot of, they don't eat hot sauce. They don't like anything hot, no, nothing picante. They, uh, they want to taste the food and especially, especially the meat, you know. They don't even cook it with sauces. They, they don't bring you Heinz 57 and A1. They bring you salt that's it so uh, they do have a little sauce called a chimichurri which is pretty good stuff uh, if you like that I just uh, thought I'd put that in because a lot of people they think you know they think everybody south of the border eats tacos not so not so not gonna happen Uh, you know and not only are there differences in food there are differences in politics Uh, we have some countries that are basically under dictatorships we have other countries that are basically communist we have others that are semi-democracies. Most democracies in South America don't do real well over long term. Uh, normally a strong man comes to power. They have a word for it even. It's caudigismo, which is... Uh, Uh, the strong man mentality and a lot of times he's accompanied by a bunch of thugs so a lot of our politics is not real high level discussions it's it's mainly prevent the other guy from voting so that your guys vote and you win that's the kind of thing that they do so we have street protests in almost every of our every one of our countries they'll burn tires in the streets uh, over anything especially in Bolivia Bolivia one time went through 19 presidents in about 30 uh well i take it back it's about nine presidents in about a two-year period of time one time in argentina we went through six presidents in one week <laughs> as a matter of fact it got to be so bad nobody wanted to be president they asked the this guy in the senate you want to be president? No, i don't want to be president <laughs> so it uh, gets pretty strange sometimes in politics again such a difference The countries themselves, we got the highest mountain in all of North and South America is in Argentina, Mount Aconcagua, one of the eight tallest mountains in the world. Uh, And yet we have things like in Bolivia, they have some salt flats called Ujuni, which go on for hundreds of miles, hundreds of square miles of, it looks like a lake until you walk out on it and there's just a little cap of of, uh, water on top of all of these salt crystals you go out there with dump trucks and scoop it up and for you know what that's what you're eating on your table you know um, you just it's, it's hard to imagine a whole continent I know we have uh, our own continent here but South America is much bigger than the United States Uh, As a matter of fact, the one country of Brazil alone is bigger than the United States. If you discount Alaska, and most of us really don't count Alaska that much, you know, so far away (laughs) from the connectedness of the United States. So uh, Brazil, I can spend $800 on a plane ticket from Brasilia to São Paulo or from uh, Manaus to Porto Alegre. Inside of Brazil, it's like traveling from Los Angeles or San Diego to Bangor, Maine or New York City. It's that far uh, to travel. A lot of Brazil, there are no roads. It's out in the Amazon River Basin. I thank God for our young people in our churches that have given through the years for a program called She's for Christ. Because of that, uh, our missionaries have had vehicles to drive, and in Brother DeMerchant's case, in in the Amazon River Basin, he has uh, an airplane there. As a matter of fact, he has two airplanes now. Uh, unfortunately, Brother DeMerchant passed away this year, so we have a big hole in our missions personnel and a big hole in the heart of Brazil. Uh, Brother DeMerchant was a fantastic missionary, our oldest and longest-serving missionary of all time, over 52 years, Brother DeMerchant. Lived in the same house for 52 years in Manaus, Brazil. When he went there, it was all... Uh, just wasteland around now he's in the heart of the city (laughs) in that in that city we had no one baptized in Jesus name no one filled with the Holy Ghost when he left 52 years ago to be with the Lord, there are now almost 300 churches in that city alone. Not counting the hundreds of churches out through the Amazon uh, jungle. Most of the time he would take that float plane, land on a river, go up to the, uh, you know, taxi up to the little city that was out there. You can't believe it, folks. There are cities out there. 15, twenty thousand 20,000 people. It, it looks like there's nothing but trees until all of a sudden it opens up down below you and there's a, a city and he'll make a little loop around the city and said that's our church right down there and you can look down there they all know the sound of his plane they all some of the people come out and start waving up at us and we land on the on the river and taxi up there and there's about 20 people took us up to the church so we could have service a strange deal you know it's a whole nother world uh when one of our pastors i think had uh killed two jaguars that were bothering his goats and had their hides stuck up on the wall and there's all kind of things out in the jungle I don't know if any of you think it's real exotic to go to the Amazon you are very welcome to come and see that exotic place that has anacondas in the trees it has Uh, things like piranhas piranhas in the water basically it's a little fish that looks like teeth with a tail on it it's it it it's how it's hungry. It's always hungry. Uh, they can strip a cow in a, in one minute. They can strip a full-grown steer down to the bone. You know, and when it, if you happen to fall and have a little bit of blood on you, or a little bit. You know, I mean, you don't need the big old sharks. You know, all those little teeth add up. And uh, it's certainly. I mean, we have. There's insects out there, folks. I I don't want to put you off of taking a trip to the Amazon. I'm just wanting to make it. If you really want to go, I'm just, <laughs> there are little bugs out there that are so small you can't see them. They're called chiggers. The only way you know they're out there is when they bite you. And they leave big old t- t- tremendous <laughs> marks on you. I mean, they bite that just and scratch and itch. I took two steps. I'll leave this here in just a second. But I took two steps on the bank of the river getting up to service after, out of Brother Benny the Merchant's plane. I'm on the pontoon. I would wanted to jump over the brush there, but I knew I couldn't make it. So I took two steps real quick, got out on the gravel where I could walk. Because I, I knew there's things in there that bite you, and you can't see them. And yeah, sure enough, I got home that night. Uh, my ankles were on fire. I took, I took my socks off and counted. I had 50 bites on both each ankle. 50 bites. I mean... Unbelievable. Two steps. Now, Brother DeMerchant would walk miles in the stuff. You know, of course, he had, after years, his skin was so thick, I don't even know if the mosquitoes could could actually puncture through his skin. Uh, Talk about a man of God, a man of iron. Unbelievable guy. Did anyone here know Brother Demersian or read anything about him? He has two books out. One's called Full Throttle. The other one's Full Throttle 2. And that's exactly what he did. Flying around the Amazon and taking... He would drop over. He would go over a certain village, Indian village. He had these lures that he made fishing lures put them in little plastic bags and put a tract inside of them and and he dropped those out by the hundreds over these little villages that he'd go just drop him out of throw him out of his plane you know someone probably got lost in the jungle i'm sure you know but uh, there were people that came to the lord because of the track that brother de merchants that said i fished with this best lure i ever got all my fish on so i figured i needed to come and see the guy that made it and ended up getting filled with the holy ghost and baptized in jesus name so you never know praise god the bible says sow the seed you know cast your bread upon the waters That's I think that's what we have to do we cannot judge who's worthy of hearing the gospel who is likely to be saved and who is not likely to be saved if we go that route folks we probably wouldn't have been saved but thank god somebody talked to us somebody had a desire to take the gospel to us and so i i believe that's our purpose as the church jesus said go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature that's a huge task but that is something that we can do he didn't tell us to go save them all uh you know thank god he didn't say that because we couldn't save even one person we can't even save ourselves but oh i praise god his gospel we can preach it and i thank god for men like Brother merchant and others that have gone into the big cities sometimes it's uh, easier out in the country than it is in the city uh we have we have one apartment complex in Buenos Aires. It has 160,000 people in it, in one apartment complex. Now, it's, it's a bunch of buildings. It's probably, they're probably 25, 25, 30 stories high. There's a bunch of them. I don't know how many, 20 maybe? There's a ton of them. And they make their own little city. I mean, 160,000 people, It's a lot of people. And uh, the first two floors are fire department, police station, supermarkets, dry cleaners, car wash. I mean, so you could live in that building. If you worked there, you'd live there all your whole life never have to leave. It's just a, a whole city within itself. So the question is, how do you reach that? And uh, sometimes we, we really don't have the answer because all of those apartments are, are owned. You know, they're not rented. So uh, how do you how do you have a church there but you know God provides a way Uh, God sent us some people that lived there they got in contact with someone came to our church they said hey come have service in my apartment so here we are praise God they're going up into those apartments I think there's uh, at one time we had three or four apartments that we were having church in in these high-rise apartment building can't get too loud you know you can't have a whole lot of running the aisles and uh, jumping up and down uh, for joy you know they just kind of clap for joy or whatever you know (laughs) but it in the in the long run souls are being saved by the outreach of the church so however you can do it it's different here in Beaverton it's not Buenos Aires and it's not the Amazon jungle but God knows and can motivate you and provide for you the way to reach new people and just give them the gospel. That's our responsibility to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, uh, I did want to say one thing about the spiritual aspect of the work. Uh, South America is one of the oldest areas of missions work of our church. There are actually missions... Works in Colombia before our church actually became the United Pentecostal Church in 1945. So, in the early 1940s, there were already people preaching this gospel in the country of Colombia. As a result, a, a mighty revival started there. Now, you have to realize back in those years, the 40s, 50s, 60s, Uh, The Roman Catholic Church was the predominant and almost the sole church in all of Latin America. It still is very strong in many of those countries, Colombia particularly. And so there was a lot of persecution to anyone that was not Roman Catholic. As a result, our church, as it began to grow and began to uh, reach into some of these rural areas... Uh, there was a whole lot of persecution against us we actually had some martyrs people that were killed uh, because they believed in the power of the name of Jesus and uh, preached and taught that and lived that but as a result of that uh, there a revival broke out in one little place uh, I, I can't remember all the particulars but this this 16 year old girl went to a city uh, somewhere close because she was from the country went to the city and was filled with the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. She went back to her little town and started telling people about her getting the Holy Ghost. Now this is not a 28, uh, 35, uh, 40 year old that has all kind of Bible knowledge. This is a 16 year old girl that just got the Holy Ghost last week and comes into her little village and she's telling people what she knows about the Holy Ghost. They got so interested that they started meeting at her house. Her cousin ran the bar in that little town and one night there was nobody in his bar. And he said, what is, what's going on here? And uh, somebody said, well, they've all gone down to your cousin's house uh, uh, to hear about the Holy Ghost. He says, I'm not selling anything. He got he got his gun. He was absolutely furious. He was going to go down there and shoot her. And when he got down there and he came in the door, here are these you know there's probably 25 30 from her little village listening to her talking about the Holy Ghost and getting the Holy Ghost I mean what else she didn't know uh, anything about the Bible or anything she just knew her experience and uh, he came in there he started walking in, into the group that was there and all of a sudden just started shaking he had his gun in his hand and he just started shaking and just kept shaking and kept shaking he looked at her he said what's going on she says i don't know i'm just talking about the holy ghost maybe as that's the holy ghost on you and and he just started shaking kept shaking for a long time of course got rid of his gun decided he wasn't going to shoot her after all he didn't know if you know if this is just coming into her presence what's going to happen if i actually threaten her you know his name was saul ramirez god filled him with the holy ghost and he was uh, later baptized by missionaries in jesus name and out of that a revival broke out in all of Colombia that reached later on into Ecuador into Venezuela into Peru, neighboring countries, all because of a 16 year old girl that believed in the Word and was had faith in her heart for what God had done in her life. I think that shows me that God can use anybody, anywhere, anytime, whoever wants to do something for God, God can use you. Hallelujah. You don't have to be an expert on the Bible and you don't have to have all the answers because who does? Who has all the answers? Some people think Siri does, but sometimes, you know, ask Siri some idiot question, she responds with an idiot answer. So, all I got to say is, no one knows everything there is to be known. I think that's a good thing because we are going to constantly seek after the Lord. I, I want to know some more things. I want to be, feel, be more filled with the Spirit and that is a, all a part. So we have some great works. The, the work in Colombia has about 50,000 people in it. And the work next door in Venezuela has over 400,000 people in our churches. The work in Ecuador, right near close, has 40,000 believers. The work in Peru, 18,000 believers. So we, we thank God that we have been able to be a part of a tremendous work for god now we don't claim those numbers we just report them because i'm not out there in the jungle reaching the souls and i'm not in the big cities of quito and bogota but there are people that love god just like you and i do hallelujah they love this word they've been filled with the same spirit and they have been baptized in the same name of jesus i just want to say a few more words in spanish i don't anybody here understand spanish alguien habla espanol Amén. En la Argentina no lo llamamos español, lo llamamos castellano. Y se usa el yo, o so es, yo me llamo. Es un poco diferente el acento argentino de Uruguay. Pero en sí, hermanos, quiero saludarlos y, y que, que sepan que nuestro Dios es el único verdadero Dios y se llama Jesucristo, aleluya en Sudamérica, desde Ecuador hasta Chile y la Argentina hay una iglesia en cada país que está alabando el nombre del Señor en este día tanto en ciudades grandes Como la de Rio de Janeiro, 10 millones de habitantes, Buenos Aires, 16 millones de habitantes, están alabando al nombre del Señor, y en medio de eso, ahí en el campo donde hay 10 almas, también hay gente alabando el nombre del Señor. Así que grande es el Señor y bendito es su nombre. Hallelujah. And I'll get back to English here before everybody walks out and leaves. But uh, I uh, I love, I'm more anointed in Spanish than in English because most of my ministry has been in spanish all my sermon notes, most of my sermon notes are in spanish so when i preach in english i'm just translating as I go along you know it's just uh just a part of of our lives and uh, it's so much a part of our lives that for our boy he got spanish and english all mixed up he didn't know what was what so one day he was in the grocery store with my wife he may have been four years old and he's looking at the milk and he says Mama, what's the what's the Spanish word for leche? <laughs> <laughs> Thought he was talking English, you know. So she says, Ryan, that is the Spanish word for leche. So the English word is is milk. And so he uh it took him a long time I mean he's turned out a very fine minister of the gospel but it took him a long time to figure out a few things when it came to the language just all got mixed up in his mind uh we're we're glad for that because it indicated to us that uh, they were not just going to be outsiders they were going to be a part of that culture and indeed they have been I I would like to ask your prayer For two countries and if you have a prayer list that you pray for or if you have prayer uh, during the week, maybe this week you could mention those two countries uh, to the Lord in prayer. One is Venezuela. Venezuela is a powerful nation but right now it is in desperate straits. Used to be the richest country in South America. Tonight it's probably the poorest country in South America. There are middle class families just like yourselves. They cannot buy a gallon of milk. They cannot buy a loaf of bread. Uh, Some of them will stand in line anywhere from three to six hours every day uh, hoping that there's something in the supermarket that day that got there in the night that they would be able to buy so they they don't go to they don't go to the supermarket with a list of things they want to buy they go there and buy whatever is available because it is just uh, absolutely uh, it's heart-rending because they also the government also put a law it's the communist uh, socialist government that they, they've tried to clamp down on everything but Um, really don't care about their people. What I'd like us to pray for is that God would touch the hearts of the leaders of the country and that there would be a change towards these issues that the people could live. It would be one thing, if it was some African country out there, or some Asian country that never had any anything other than what they have, then we would just say, okay, that's just how it is. But that's not just how it is in Venezuela. It has been artificially produced by bad government. And I don't care if they're communist, as long as the people of God can live a decent life and they can, uh, they can uh, do the work of God there, that's what we ask for. We're not asking for the government to change but their attitude to change and their their look outlook towards the people of God our people don't need to be standing in lines for hours on end just to survive they need to be out preaching the gospel they need to be out living living the life of a Christian so help us pray for that Uh, you know I think I know it seems like almost impossible that a country would turn around but a lot depends on the leaders of a country and God talked in the Bible to some pagan kings named Nebuchadnezzar uh, Darius Cyrus Sennacherib all of these are pagan kings had no heart for the lord at all and yet God spoke to them one of them said okay all you guys get to go back home I' I'm, I don't want you as slaves anymore I want you to just go go back home I'll give you money I'll give you land I'll give you I'll give you wood anything in my royal forest it's, it's all yours just go on back where you can matter of fact I'll give you all the gold and silver that you brought I got it all stored up you can take it all with you now what changed that I believe there was some prayer going up and some belief in the word of God that our God makes a difference it's not just a human uh, thought and kind our God is the sovereign God he is over all things I, I, don't think, I don't think the devil's in charge of this earth I know he's the prince of the power of the air but if he could cause you to be sick we'd all be sick the devil doesn't make you sick amen you know the devil can't kill you either a lot of us would be dead at an early age but we're not we're still here praise God and so I, I believe this our lives and our countries are in the hands of the Lord and the Bible does promise us he says if my people will pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face I will answer from heaven and I will heal their land so that's what I'm asking for Venezuela we have a great church there and I pray that God will help them second is Peru Peru is a beautiful country any of you heard of Machu Picchu that's in Peru Uh, the Nazca lines that's in Peru there's some beautiful great things in Peru but we need a change of heart in our leaders there Uh, not in the country in our church we need God to To give them a renewed vision of evangelism a renewed vision of the spirit of god that they would quit their infighting and that they would begin to do the work of god as god designed them to be great men good men individually but a lot of problems that don't need to be there so help us pray god can resolve that and remove some of the those things out of the way and you know when there's unity of spirit that's when the power of God is present. Uh, the Bible says the day of Pentecost fully came when they were all with one accord and one mind. That's what I'm asking for Peru. God make them one accord and one mind to see the work of God uh, go forward. So God bless you. Thank you for that. And I, I know that God will honor your prayers. The uh, reason I'm enlisting, reason I'm even talking about that is I don't want to pray alone. And I, don't, I just want, I want people of God everywhere to be praying for us that God will do His work and His will there. I want to bring just a short thought uh, to us tonight and uh, encourage our hearts because so many times we can get discouraged over the small things. You know, I think sometimes we can deal with big things easier than we can deal with things that irritate us all the time. Uh, You know... A car wreck. Okay, I'll deal with that. But all this, all the—let uh, me find a good term. All of the um, imprudent drivers that are out there. Uh, it seems like they let them out at night, and they all get on my street and in my lane. And you just—that can irritate you so much. Anger can build up in you so much, and and you're more mad. You're madder at that instance than you were at some of the big things Uh, sometimes uh, somebody uh, come up and you know punch you or give you a slap you can get over that easier than all the little digs that come your way from time to time you know so God help us I want to encourage our hearts to tonight that uh, he is bigger than all of our issues David said in Psalm 18 something that just It it, uh, rings a bell because he went through a lot of those things. He went through some big things as well, but he went through a lot of small things. The Bible says he is speaking to the Lord, and in Psalm 18, he says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. And it's as if, as he said that, and I think this is a prayer, even though in our Bible, the Psalms are not a book of prayer. They are a book of songs, a book of psalms as a matter of fact years ago they used to call it the psaltery and uh, that was the hymnal for the church just like the the books that you have scattered around here the psalms was that book and yet every time you read them they're not just a song they are also a prayer and in this case he's talking to the lord as he sings you know the greatest psalm of david is psalm 23 which is uh, just five psalms over uh, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want probably the most quoted area of the Bible ever because people that don't love God or even know God they'll they'll quote those words at a funeral uh, even though they they don't even know where it comes from but it just sounds good uh, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want uh, he leadeth me beside still waters Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death so those are some of the famous words of david and yet here he is talking about his freedom from his enemies and he says i will love thee O lord my strength when he said that i think he entered into a relationship with the lord in his prayer because he then began to say you're everything for me he, he says the lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer doesn't mean he's not anyone else's but it doesn't matter what he is for everybody else it matters what he is for me the lord is my uh, strength my deliverer in whom i will trust my uh, lost it here my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower He says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. He is saying that as I praise the Lord, I begin to get stronger. I begin to get closer to him. I begin to feel more what he is for me. And so by the time he gets to verse 3 here, he says, I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. He's he's worthy to be praised. And that's how I'm going to be saved from mine enemies. Now, I don't know if you have any enemies here tonight. I hope you don't hope nobody has an enemy but if you do he just gave us the way to be saved from our enemies how is that we will praise the lord who is worthy to be praised i will call upon the lord hallelujah what is the lord to you well he's my strength he's my high tower he's my buckler he's my deliverer when when you talk about what he is all of a sudden we get off of our stuff and we get into god's stuff hallelujah my strength is small but his strength is great i have no real shield but he is my shield and as he begins to worship and thank god and worship the lord all of a sudden his faith rises up he is lifted up in his own spirit and he says that's how i'm going to be saved from my enemies you can read on further in that same psalm he says i feel so good i can run through a troop And I can leap over a wall. Now this guy, uh, when he wrote this, he's an older man. You can read it in 2 Samuel uh, 22. This same psalm is repeated in 2 Samuel 22. And these are almost the last words of David. So he's an old man. But he says, I feel so good right now. I could run through a troop of an enemy and I could leap over a wall. Now what made him feel that way? is the fact that the Lord became his strength and his high tower and his deliverer. I think sometimes we try to deliver ourselves, or we try to depend on our own strength or our own intellect. And certainly there are some great intellects out out there. If we get right down to it, I know there's a, a saying in English: "Lift yourself up by your bootstraps." And there's an old saying, the young people probably don't have never heard that, but basically means you're going to lift yourself up by your own will and your own power. It's not going to happen. You can temporarily psych yourself up until you say, "I can do this," and a lot of positive. Uh, mental attitude a lot of books are written about that and if you'll say these words every day and repeat them for 30 days then then that's gonna uh, make you a better person and it probably will because you're filling your mind with that but the truth is it does it's no long lasting long-term effect to make you a better person it is only by the lord that eternal things are done in our lives he is really our strength tonight he is our deliverer he is my High tower. Now Solomon, his son, also said something in Proverbs eighteen ten. And uh, I, uh, I think somebody's running it back there. That's good. Appreciate that. Proverbs eighteen ten actually says much the same thing. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. David said, the Lord is my high tower. Now, why would they use this phrase tower? I don't think any of us, if we're asked to say, what is the Lord to you? We're not going to say the Lord's our high tower. Uh, I don't know exactly what we would say, but we're not much into towers today. Yet in those days, the tower made the difference between being alive and being dead. If you were in the tower, you were alive. If you were outside the tower, you could very well be dead. A wild beast come along, a marauding band of robbers, a neighboring enemy come against you. The tower was your protection. When you got into the tower, some of those towers were so big, so tall, that... um, There's one tower in the Bible talks about a thousand men and women could be up on top of it. It was like a castle uh, by and of itself. And uh, up on the, up on the top of it, they were almost, uh, totally, uh, protected. There was no way the enemy could get to them. This verse actually says that. Says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. That word safe means he is inaccessibly high. He is so high that the that the enemy can't get to him. I like that idea. I believe we are that way. Now, how are we that way? Because the name of the Lord, that's our strong tower. We run into his name. In Spanish, it doesn't say it. There is no it in Spanish. It's him or her. It's a, That's the way all wording is. It starts with, uh, if it ends with an O or ends with an A, it means a masculine or feminine. In Spanish, it says, El, eh, Torre et... Eh, Corre fuerte es el nombre de Jehová el justo a él correrá doesn't run into it runs into him what is the him the name of the Lord. El nombre. We run into his name and when we run into his name we are safe. In Spanish it says he is levantado. That means he is lifted up. He's not just safe in there. He is lifted up within the tower, maybe to the top of the tower and he's inaccessibly high that the enemy really can't get to him. I believe that's what happens to us when we take on the name of Jesus and we claim the name of Jesus and we pray in the name of Jesus. It's not a magical formula but the Bible promises his name is a strong tower we can run into his name and we'll be lifted up and we'll be safe I feel that safety tonight in the Holy Ghost hallelujah because we run into his name and in his name that's where there's power people that can't defend themselves on their own the tower defends them for them you ever think about the the Strong walls of towers I've been in a few towers that I just felt like man inside this place it's impenetra- impenetrable I don't you can launch all the cannonballs you want against this wall it's not going to come down there's one uh, right off of the river there in Paris, France and I forget I forget the name of the tower I forget it most of, about it I just know the feeling I had walking in, um, inside the walls it was like man You could hit this with whatever you want, except the nuclear bomb. And even then, you know, you just feel like you're safe. There is something powerful about a tower. Uh, It would seem like it's not much, but when you get inside, it's powerful. That's the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is so powerful. Jesus said, "Uh, all power is given unto me in heaven in earth and under the earth now that's all the power that there is period and he said in my name you'll pray for the sick and they will recover in my name you pray for people that are full of demons and the demons will be cast out in my name hallelujah wonders and miracles will be done I thank the Lord tonight for his name the name of Jesus I can run into his name you can run into his name we'll be safe but we'll also be lifted up by the same power." of his name now people will say well there's not what power is there in a name and uh, I, I would ask you the same question what power is there in a name does a name make a difference I think it does there are some names just naming him brings a negative spirit with them Adolf Hitler for instance if you've studied history, you know anything about it. That name brings to mind six million Jews that were killed in gas chambers, a million gypsies, and who knows how many other ethnicities. All, in, uh, all because of one man. All because of the man with the name Adolf Hitler. The whole world came to blows. Millions of people, more people were killed in Second World War than any other wars, and all wars put together. They were all killed in that one war, all because one man with a name made a difference in his generation for evil. I thank God that just as one name can bring a negative and a very cruel thought to our minds i thank god for the name that is above every name hallelujah the bible says he gave him a name that was above every name that in that name every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god i thank the lord tonight today hallelujah there is a name that is above every name sometimes you know uh, people are intimidated there may be Fear in someone's life here tonight, today. I've had fear in my life. And I know that in my own thinking, I can't just psych myself up and get rid of my fears. It's like telling somebody, hey, don't be afraid of the dark. Oh, that's a good thing to say. How do you get that out of a person? You know? Fear of heights, fear of of claustrophobia. I mean, there's all kind of phobias. And every one of them... You don't just psych a person out of it. You don't just say, "Hey, hey, don't don't be like that." Well, that's a good thing to say, but at two in the morning, hey, flip that light on, man. I, I don't I don't like the dark. What you know? There are things in our lives that it's only in the power of God and the power of the Holy Ghost that we're going to be able to cope, that we're going to be able to see that we are indeed lifted up above our own fears and our own desires and our own problems. I praise God today that when we say the name of Jesus as we say his name, David did, the Lord is, the Lord is and all of a sudden that name became strong and high and mighty in his life we need to do that, we need to say the name of Jesus when we get up, when we go to bed, as we walk in our day, we need to get that name of Jesus forefront in our mind and as we say his name and as we love his name all of a sudden we begin to realize the power of that name is with us, it's not a long way off from us he gave us the authority to use his name we can use his name when our kids get sick we don't have to uh, wait for a conference we don't have to necessarily wait for the pastor to get that we can pray in Jesus name and the same authority and power that resides in that name will do the work that needs to be done it's not our power it's his power it's not our uh, authority it's his authority and yet what name Is stronger than the name of Jesus. It's so strong that it was given by an angel. Uh, Joseph and Mary didn't go find a baby book somewhere and say, "What we're going to name our kid?" And um, I like Jesus. Sounds good to you? Nah, I don't know. I kind of like Joseph. No, no. The angel Gabriel came and he said to Mary, he said, you're going to call his name, that boy that's in you, you're going to call his name Jesus, because he is going to save his people from their sins. It connected the name Jesus with the salvation from sin of his people, including you and I. Hallelujah. It's bound up in the name of Jesus. So it's not just a good name, it's the only saving name. As the Apostle said, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, some people say, well it doesn't really matter what name you're baptized in, or it doesn't matter what name is called over you. Well, if there's only one saving name, that's the name I want. Hallelujah. If there's one name that has more authority than any other name, why would i want a lesser name give me the name of jesus call it over me pray it over me preach it over me but i need to walk in the power and anointing of the name of jesus the pentecostal church especially united pentecostal church has we're known as the people of the name sometimes people actually have criticized us through the years Said, what's wrong with you people? You're all hung up on one name. Use a bunch of other names. Kind of spread it around a little bit, you know. That's like telling a, a girl that's in love and about to be married. Hey, don't call your boyfriend by his name. Call him by a bunch of other names. I mean, after all, one name's the same as another. Oh, yeah? No, no. That name's the one I have a relationship with. Because when I call their name, I can see them. Now, I don't want to get mystical here on you, but there is a power in calling upon the name of someone. You can say Susan, Susan here, or Mabel, or Sylvia. Doesn't mean a thing to me, but say Kathy. Now that means something to me because that's the name of my wife. That name's important to me. That name stands out to me. You can be at McDonald's and call every other name out there, but you know, call Kathy, okay, whoa, my wife here, you know what? You know, there's, there's something about a relationship that that name assumes an importance in your life. Jesus should be more than a name. Hallelujah. We need a relationship with him. As we have a relationship with him, his name becomes more and more powerful in our lives. There are people, hallelujah, there are people that have a trust and a faith in the name of Jesus that they believe God can do anything in their lives, and God many times does amazing things in their lives because they have a one a one uh, focused relationship on jesus christ they 're not involved uh, with another a bunch of other people wouldn 't matter what other ever name you made the name that I have a relationship that 's the important name that I need to hang on to. I believe with all of my heart the Lord Lord loves us the Bible says he calls the stars by his name not not even talking about us he is involved with us he loves us and he wants us to have his name he wants us to call on his name he said everything you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus and now if I was the king of England I would want everybody to have my name matter of fact as president of the united states i wouldn't want everybody to have her name and i doubt if our current president wants everybody to have their name his name and yet the lord jesus christ who is the king of kings and lord of lords wants every one of us to have his name he wants every one of us to have that relationship that we can say the name of the lord is a strong tower for me i'm going to run into his name and i'm going to be safe and I'm going to be lifted up, when you're lifted up inside a tower, and those of you that have climbed towers know what I'm talking about, you get up to the top of the tower and you look out things are different, the cars are not so big and intimidating, they're little tiny things all the problems that are out there you can't see them, all you see is the beauty that there is, and the vision and the view that you have from up there I've been on some great towers, I've been up in the Petrona Towers in Malaysia I've been up in the Sears Tower the Willis Tower in um, Chicago, been on a few other high towers in the world today, when you look out from those windows, it's like you can see forever. I kid you not, I'm not a powerful person, but in that tower, looking out, there was a sensation of power. Now, I had no power, I was no more powerful than I was when I was down on the ground, but in the tower. You feel like, hey, I'm king of the world, man. (laughs) Look at how high up I am. I'm higher than anybody else. And it it was just the tower that put me there. It wasn't my own effort that put me there the tower gave me the ability to be there the tower will make you strong the tower will give you strength the tower will be not only a safety for you it'll give you a peace of mind all of that is bound up in the name of Jesus Christ because his name is a strong tower when you run into his name and you're in his name there is a strength in your life that was not there before so in conclusion tonight I want to encourage every one of us To run into the name of Jesus Christ. Take your problem. And run with it. Into the name of Jesus. There was a little lady in the Old Testament. Ran into a tower because the enemy was coming. She took a piece of rock with her. Up to the top of the tower. The enemy. King Abimelech came to the door to burn down the door so he could get inside the tower and the little lady looked over this is all in the bible she looks over the edge of the top of the tower she says now would be a good time to let go of this rock (laughs) now it doesn't say that exactly in the bible but she went over there let the rock down the rock went straight down onto the head of Abimelech, the Bible says it broke his head, specifically. Head the skull's the hardest bone in the human body. That rock which she didn't throw, she just drops it. So what made the rock so powerful? Was she strong? The Bible doesn't say she was a little old lady, but I add the little and old in front of the lady. Because I think she was a little old lady. But all of a sudden, there was a multiplied strength in her. It wasn't her own strength. It was the strength that the tower gave her. On the ground, she could only throw the rock as far, as fast and as powerfully as her own muscles were. She was probably short of stature. A rode a big horse. She was probably small, Abimelech, a great big man. She was just a little lady defenseless. He was a man with all the armor and weapons on him. But in the tower, things changed around. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, the enemy is not so powerful. All of a sudden, he's not going to kill her. All of a sudden, she has a power that he doesn't have, and that is that she is up in the tower. The tower multiplied. I I don't remember the, the mathematical formula but the impact of a mass depends on the velocity uh, especially that is, is, is happening and the length of time it's out there and I don't know what the velocity of that rock got to be but it was strong enough and powerful enough and fast enough that it penetrated right through his head killed him instantly and all of his soldiers immediately deserted and they all returned back to where they came from and one little old lady with a rock at the top of a tower took out an entire army. Hallelujah. Yo, I praise God tonight. I don't know what problem you might have or I might have but I believe in the name of Jesus Christ it is a strong tower the righteous runs into him and they are safe and lifted up high so I want to make an application to us and then I'd like us to pray and that is in the name of Jesus there's a little chorus we used to sing in the name of Jesus there's power to set you free in the name of Jesus there's glorious liberty Uh, I can't remember the exact rest of it but I know that that not is just a chorus it is very true when you're in the name of Jesus, you're up in a strong tower. You may have nothing but a rock. You may have no strength and no power. Just let it fall. We don't, have to, we don't have to overcome our enemies. We can overcome them in the name of Jesus. It's not our strength and our power anyway. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand with us tonight? And I, I thank you so much for your time, your attention here. But I, I think we need to pray. I think we need to run into the name of Jesus tonight. Because I just cannot imagine that we all have perfect lives. We don't have any issues and problems that we need to deal with. But I am convinced tonight what the word said is very true. When I say the name of Jesus, even without faith, if I say the name of Jesus, there is an atmosphere... That comes with the name of Jesus. Just like there's an atmosphere that comes with Hitler. A human man. Cruel man. But when we say the name Jesus. It's a heavenly name. It's an all powerful name. It's above every name. If I need something done. I need the name of Jesus in my life. And I need him to be my high tower tonight. I would like to invite those that would like to. Just come up around the front. And let's pray just a little bit. with uh, Before we. Leave here. Uh, I'm going to turn this back to Brother Brock. But if you would like to, let's just come up around the front, and I want us all to just pray and to make.